This is the Affirm America podcast, where we stand up and speak out affirming American excellence. Coming to you deep in the heart of the Midwest, located in an undisclosed log cabin on the outskirts of town, your host, Marquis Vandemark. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Affirm America podcast on this Tuesday, the 10th of January, 2023. That's about 28 degrees out here this morning. Not bad for January the 10th. It's going to get up into the low 40s today. This is a really mild January. I don't think I remember a January so mild. We're not complaining, that's for sure. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Affirm America podcast. I'm your host, Marquise Vandemark. Hope you're having a great week as we enter the new year of 2023. All right, these are your top five headlines for this Tuesday. Let's start off with headline number five. Survey, Gen Z not proud to be American. This is how you know you are privileged when you cannot recognize your own privilege. Ian Bremer, the percent of Americans who say they are proud to live in the United States by generation, boomers, 73%, Gen X, 54%, millennials, 36%, Gen Z, 16%. Okay, those numbers are not good, folks. That's not a good direction we're going down over the years and being proud of America. So what's that tell us? That tells us a couple of things. Number one is that American people aren't either being educated in the schools about the, the purpose of our country, the founding fathers, the understanding of history. When we look around the world, all the different countries and the different governments, the communist countries versus the free societies like America. So uh, we need, we, there's a lot of work that needs to be done, don't you think? I mean, if the young people today have such a, a bad feeling about America, there is no future for this country. And that's a serious problem for our children and our grandchildren and their grandchildren. Because America is the greatest nation that's ever been built, the greatest nation on God's green earth And for a generation to feel that only 16% are proud of their country, that tells us that we've got some big problems that we've got to address and work on. And more and more, as you can see, in our society where where there's this wave of wokeism and socialism, totalitarianism, it's, it's, uh, I've never seen anything like it. It's, uh, as soon as the COVID thing hit a couple years ago, it seems like, it has accelerated to a point now where uh, it feels like it's, I don't want to use the word conspiracy, but uh, it sure seems like there's something in the works behind us that's creating this energy, this uh, imagery, this narrative that is bringing us to a point where people, they, they don't like America. And it's a very sad situation. And we need to address it. We need to be aware of it. And we need, to, um, we need to work harder at it. That's a good goal for us here in 2023, to maybe teach more civics and to allow for 
people to understand how great we and how privileged we are to live in a country such as America that allows for so many of our freedoms, our free speech, our religious liberties, so much blessings here in this country that sometimes we become blinded. Like the article said, we're so privileged we don't even realize how much privilege that we have. All right, headline number four. DEI top priority at universities at the cost of actual education. Hot air. John Soller describes how diversity, equity, and inclusion took over U.S. universities and how it now dominates hiring, promotion, tenure, and pay decisions. The hiring of DEI administrators by universities has been going on for more than a decade, but a major change came when California's UC system made mandatory diversity statements part of the hiring process for all faculty. From the free press, the principles commonly known as diversity, equity, and inclusion are meant to sound like a promise to provide welcome and opportunity to all on campus. And to the uh, ordinary American, those values sound virtuous and unobjectable. But many working in academia increasingly understand that they instead imply a set of controversial political and social views, and that in order to advance in their careers, they must demonstrate And in that order to advance in their careers, they must demonstrate fealty to vague and ever-expanding DEI demands and to the people who enforce them. Failing to comply or expressing doubt or concern means risking career ruin. All right, so this DEI stuff that we've seen in the universities, I mean, we saw it in the Biden administration, how he picked his vice president, how he picked his Supreme Court justices, It's a complete opposite of what DEI actually means. DEI means that we don't judge people based on the color of their skin. That's how we create equity. And unfortunately, uh, when it's forced upon us or it's put into rules, then it becomes unreal. It becomes uh, a fake, a way to solve these problems because it addresses the idea that a certain race or a certain people have privilege over another race or another people. And this is against our Constitution, that we cannot pass laws or or to discriminate people uh, based on their color, their gender, their religious viewpoints. And so the DEI is actually a false idea, and it becomes a, a very strict, almost opposite process of bringing about equity and diversity, and it makes us become more divided. So this is, uh, this is not good. This is something that uh, will create problems, and I think probably the Supreme Court's going to have to jump in here and address this because it's um, become a serious issue because you're, they're hiring people based on their, not on their, their qualifications, but they're based on filling some kind of a quota, and quotas don't work when that's the the main reason why somebody might be promoted or hired in any type of position. All right, headline number three. Overwhelming majority of Americans are scared or angry with the direction of the country. From Town Hall, since President Biden took office, several polls have shown that Americans are concerned about the direction of the country under his leadership. As a result, Biden's overall job approval rating has been underwater. Now, as issues like inflation and the border crisis continue to worsen, most Americans say that they do not feel optimistic 
about the direction of the country in 2023. A CBS News YouGov poll published Monday showed that 71% of Americans said they feel either scared or angry about the direction of the country. The smallest amount, 11%, said that they were excited about things in the United States over the next year. Okay, so more bad news. Unfortunately, the American people are not very optimistic, and they have uh, actually, uh, those concerns are probably justified based on how things have rolled out here in the last couple years since the Biden administration took over. I mean, there is, there is really no good news. We have inflation. People are feeling the pinch. Their money isn't going as far as it has in the past. We have concerns about crime in our cities. We have a wide-open border that people are coming in 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 huge numbers. We don't know where they're going. We don't know what they're they're doing. They're taking away American jobs. They're competing against the middle class. The middle class is getting squeezed out big time. The Biden administration is just completely mute, and they have no desire to close the borders. They have no desire to fix the inflation. They just passed a huge $1.8 trillion omnibus bill at the end of last year. And that's, uh, that's why you saw such a commotion when the Speaker was elected here a few days ago. There are some uh, patriots there that are willing to stand up and push back on the elites and the, and the excessive spending and printing of money. And the polls uh, bear this out, the fact that 71% or what was it, 70% of the American people or feel scared and angry about the direction of the country. That's not a good sign. So let's just hope things get better. Let's pray for America. Let's pray for its people. Let's pray for the leaders. And let's pray that uh, America can right this ship. All right, headline number two. Republicans preparing subcommittee to look into keeping federal agencies accountable for overreach. National Review, the Republican-controlled House is set to vote this week on a resolution to form a judiciary subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government, including law enforcement and national security agencies. Representative Jim Jordan, Republican from Ohio, the incoming Judiciary Committee chairman, is set to lead the panel. The committee was the subject of negotiations between House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and the GOP holdouts, who initially opposed his bid for the speakership. Newsmax, Jordan's subcommittee, We'll also look into the Twitter files, revelations that the FBI was the belly button point of entry of myriad government agencies influencing the flow of information at Twitter, which in many instances included shadow banning and censorship of conservatives and Biden political rivals. Okay, so here it comes. Uh, Republicans are now in charge of the Congress. And thank God Jim Jordan's in charge of the subcommittee there, the Judiciary Subcommittee. He's a fighter. And he's going to get to the bottom of a lot of these issues that we see that uh, the Twitter files have revealed. The very close relationship with the FBI and the CIA and the Biden administration. Censoring information on Twitter. I mean, it was shocking information that came out. If you haven't read Tabby's reports, go back and take a look at them. You'll see exactly how much influence the government had in censoring speech on social media. This is a big problem. Elon Musk did a good service to the American people by revealing the Twitter files. And that's just the start. There's other things too. You got to get to the bottom of J6, Ray Epst, all the people that are involved in that committee that was a scam needs to be a bipartisan committee so they can get to the bottom of what happened there and a number of other issues that still need, that are still left hanging out there that hasn't really brought clarity to the 
to the issues that need to be uncovered. So Jim Jordan's a good person to do it, and I think uh, he'll get to the bottom of a lot of these things as the Congress rolls out their new majority this year. All right, headline number one. Republicans pass new rules package for Congress in first vote. In what was seen as an early win for the new speaker, Daily Mail, the House of Representatives passed a rules package Monday night, 220 to 213, with relatively little drama as the first order of business for House Speaker Kevin McCarthy's new majority. It includes the motion to vacate provision, which allows just one member to move to remove the House Speaker, one of the top conservative demands. It also does away with proxy voting and virtual participation in congressional committee meetings, which Democrats put in place to deal with the spread of COVID in the Capitol complex. The House Republicans are also creating a select committee on China competition. Republicans were also suspending the so-called Gephardt rule, which automatically raised the debt ceiling when a budget was passed. Representative Andy Biggs, some wins from the rules package, restores the motion to vacate rule that can remove a failing House Speaker, and restores the Holloman rule that holds members of the deep state accountable by stripping their salary, ensures that bills coming to the floor are single subject. Okay, so they're off to the races. They got uh, some things accomplished on day one. That's good. Let's hope that the Republicans can stay united, just like the Democrats stay united. But having debate, you just don't want to vote in lockstep without your principles, without your values. Make sure that the things that you vote on is what you believe, and you're just not following like lemons like the Democrats do. Whatever the speaker says, everybody votes the same. That does no good for our country. That's totalitarianism. So let's hope that the Republicans can be effective. They can lead our country positively, make improvements, bring us into a better situation, a better mindset. We read some of the polls today. We see we got big problems here in our country. American people feel like we're on the wrong track. So we need to get back on track, make America great again. That was the clarion call under the Trump administration. Regardless of what you think about his character, he did bring us into a much greater America. And let's hope that the populist movement and the new administration can also lead us in the same fashion. All right, those are your top five headlines for this Tuesday on the Affirm America podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Marquise Vandermark. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. God bless everybody. See you then. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget, America is great, and we affirm it.